it's kind of a joke around the film community that we'll just fix a problem in post yeah. and really the people who say that have not spent any serious amount of time in post because yes. then you know what kind of problems you can actually yeah. solve How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Red Fox Podcast. My name is Bryce, and today I'm sitting down with Paul. Say hey, Paul. Hey, everybody. We're going to talk about some assumptions that happen during the production process. Paul, what are we talking about? Yeah, specifically, we're talking about what goes into choosing a location. A mm. lot of times, client like clients make a lot of assumptions when it comes to the location. They think, we can choose this room. We can choose the president's office. We can choose the thing that looks best. This coffee when, shop. Yeah. And when in reality, there's a lot of things that go into it that harm the production, mm. specifically things that end up costing them more money mm. um, because either A, we have to mitigate them. Um, B, it results in a worse product or C, we end up having to reshoot it. Yep. So uh, one of the things that, that the main point that we were trying to get at yeah. with, the, with this podcast when we were given the prompt was... Um, the location is not more important than the content at the yes, end of the day. absolutely. Oftentimes, clients will think that the location is the thing. The location, and, and they may not say that. Maybe they may be like, well, we're making a video about this. But then they'll tell us, we have to shoot it here. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the best place to make it happen. Right. When in reality, it's going to make the video worse at the end of the day. Yeah. And make their goals less effective. Mm. And it's not necessarily, th this is separate from the location is the content. Yes. Like if we're featuring a building or yeah. we're featuring uh, a feature in a park or if we're doing a, a cool thing about some the building or the location specifically, then that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about this vid this location just happens to feature in the video at a specific part. Yeah. 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 And there's there's always um, caveats to, to everything that we're talking about here. Um, but like for the most part, when we're going to shoot a video, the location is not the content mm -hmm. itself uh, for for what we're talking about specifically. But even in a location where the content is the location, if these are still things that we're looking for, yep. because uh, we have to make um, co consolations for them or, or considerations about them. Um, and, and so one of the other things, too, is like. Uh, on a on a shoot things can get kind of political like when we're yeah. talking about the creative process mm -hmm. like uh, oftentimes we see this with executives they'll say well we need to feature this specific thing mm. um and so then you as the creative director or as our point of contact have to then come to us and say well they need this and we say well that's not mm. helping your video right and so now you're kind of stuck in the middle so the more that you can avoid that political back and forth of what needs to be in the video yeah um is is going to help tremendously because you need to really focus on this is the best thing for the story at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's like, what are some of the things that, that you look for when we go into offices? And we're going to cover this in the location scouting report here a little bit later yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. But just like briefly, what is it about certain offices versus other offices that may or may not help things work there? So where the office is located um, mm -hmm. is one of the first big ones. Is it right in the middle of two mm -hmm. conference rooms that are populated throughout the course of the entire day? If they are and those conference rooms get noisy, not a great office situation. Yeah. Uh, is it where the main AC unit just dumps yeah. all the air into the building? If it is, it's going to be really loud. Sure. And I think another big one is um, in taking into consideration some light. Um, yeah. 
if I don't have good control over the lighting and it's we're going to be shooting there over the course of the entire afternoon, the light's going to change really drastically. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be a lot of concessions I have to make for that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll talk through more of this in the, lo- mm-hmm. in the location report. And they these the location report is what we use on larger budget projects when we do a, what's called a scouting trip where it helps me and the crew best understand, oh, here is what we mm-hmm. need to take into account for the location that we're in. And if there are too many things on that checklist that just don't work out, then yeah. probably shouldn't shoot at this location. So as a listener, I want you to take all those things that Bryce just said, and I want you to imagine this room. Mm. What do we have to do to make your video work in that situation? Mm. If the lighting is going to change over the course of the day, if there's an HVAC unit running, how is that going to impact the final quality of your video? That means that we have to mitigate that. And clients often assume that if those things are intermittent, like if the HVAC turns on and off, or if people are walking by occasionally, we can just pause production. And that's the first big assumption. Yeah, that's that we can pause production. For sure. And and what happens is is that if it happens during a take, we have to stop. If we're doing a more complex shoot, we have to stop. And like we only have a certain amount of shots that we have planned out in a specific amount of time Mm -hmm. that if we have to stop and start, it ends up costing the client money at the end of the day. And so that's really why we're talking about this is because we want to help our clients understand what we look for in a location to help them both save money and make production smoother and make at the end of the day a better product that accomplishes their goals. Yep, absolutely. So let's launch in, unless you have anything else you want to say. I think the other big assumption um, is outside of us fixing problems in production by pausing, stopping, starting. I think the other big assumption is that we can fix a lot of it in post. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a joke around the film community that we'll just fix a problem in post. And really, the people who say that have not spent any serious amount of time in post. Because then you know what kind of problems you can actually solve. And especially with, uh, I mean, honestly, with a lot of stuff in video, uh, but especially audio, if the audio is messed up, it generally means we have to redo it. Yep. Um, it is extremely difficult to fix audio in post-production without it being blatantly obvious. Mm-hmm. So. And if light is beyond our... Like, we cannot change yeah. where the sun was. We cannot change yeah. if someone walks into really harsh light all of a sudden and the exposure just, like, is completely off. There's some. There's a lot of things in post that we just have no control over. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's easier to explain that to clients on set. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like for when sure. we're on set with clients and we have a, a big visual issue, it's very easy to say, look how bad this looks. We need to pivot. We need to change this. It's much harder to be like, the audio sounds bad. We need to pivot, mm-hmm. especially when it already looks really good. They're like, but it looks so nice. Like, I don't understand what the issue is. Yeah. And we're like, the audio is bad. Like we could let them sit there and listen to it, but until they hear it in the full context of what we're of talking what's happening, about, yeah. of the nice speakers, of these things, it's like, so, you know? And, and then <laughs> it we sounds can, okay in camera. Yeah, well, everything exactly. sounds okay in camera. Yeah, yeah. so the um, uh, all that to say is like, it's a, that's why we run into it more with audio and that's why I brought up the audio specifically. Yeah. Of like if the audio ends up being bad, usually we have to redo it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and all of that is tied back under the big assumption that people believe that the location where they are mm. is more important than the content of what they're actually shooting. For sure. And outside of the rare circumstances where the location is the content, they're breaking down both of those assumptions to, listen, there are things we can do to make this location work, but if there are too many things that don't make this location work, then we can't shoot here. Yeah. Simply because there's nothing we can really do about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, So you have a location scattering report. I do use a location scattering report when a client has the budget 
for it. Uh-huh. Um, it literally is me and any other people who need to have a uh, logistical and technical say yeah. in things. Um, like when we when whenever I come on a shoot as like a director of photography, I'll come with you to look for yeah. uh, light things, and whereas you'll look for just the the other stuff that we don't have. Um, whether that's a, a genie person, a, a grip person, um, or um, an, an audio mixer, like you're you're there as a location scout person to cover all of those things, those kind bases. of in a producer sense. Yep. Um, and that's a lot of film terms, really quick. Um, but basically, we're gonna cover each one of those sections as we go. But if there's not a dedicated person to come view that thing. You're the person who's checking for it. Pretty much. So the first thing that I really look for, even just driving up to the location, is one, what's the traffic like mm. around this building? Um, is there is it a busy highway that we're outside of? Is, yeah. there, uh, is there a parking lot? Um, is there a fire station? Yeah. There was one time where we were shooting and then four fire trucks, one right Goodness. after another, just rolled on through. Yeah. And we're like, well, those last 80 seconds were nothing. Um, and sometimes some of the best stuff is being spoken as an emergency uh, yep. vehicle drives by. It always by. works out that way. I am not, no way disparaging the emergency <laughs> like field community by no by no stretch of the imagination. Like we need our rescue workers, but um, it's not always conducive for filmmaking. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I take a look at traffic, and kind of connected to traffic is accessibility. Mm. Um, is there a bunch of stairs that I'm going to need to? navigate my crew around is there elevators that we need to go up um is there parking for us where we're gonna where we're gonna be um is there parking for talent um usually when we're shooting something in a corporate sense like talent usually has their own parking spaces but i mean we roll up with a car and truck full of equipment like we got to be able to navigate easily to the location yeah legit if if there is not a clear path for a cart to make it to the actual set location it's going to take us twice as long to set up yep things are gonna people are gonna have to load up their on their shoulders they're yep. gonna have to carry stuff with their hands like it's it's gonna be it's gonna take time it's gonna take a lot more time to carry things by hand than it would be to mm-hmm. with a cart so traffic and accessibility are probably the first two things that i look look at and then in my mind i kind of work through the production process so i look at um lights camera action and talent mm-hmm. essentially um so in lighting i look at how much light i have control over mm-hmm. so shooting in a awesome coffee shop location really aesthetic really pleasing really um diffuse light going in everywhere but can i control that light mm. diffuse light and harsh light are kinds of light but they that light still needs to be shaped yeah um and still needs to be affected can i get um will i have power um in necessary places um in conjunction with power because that that's usually connected directly to light to lighting um i have to find where the breaker box is mm. If we flip a breaker and the whole building loses power, then we got to know where that is on set or we need to have a representative of the building on set having pointed that out and telling us where things are. Um, And if breakers aren't available to us, because oftentimes they're not, it's knowing how how much amperage that breaker can have, whether it's a 15 amp circuit or a 20 amp circuit. Mm -hmm. Um, If we get lucky, we can have a 220 volt outlet, but you know, that hardly ever happens. That's never a guarantee. Um, And so because of that, like we have to, that's going to limit the amount of lights and the types of lights we can bring to set. We can't bring um, a Joker HMI or a 1.2K light that... Those are really bright lights. Yeah, so we can bring a single light that will break a circuit yeah um or we can bring a bunch of lights that are leds or uh fluorescent bulbs that then accommodate for that so those again that's coming back to the power thing is just not where is the power and not just where is the breakers but how many 
amps do we have to use at our disposal? Yeah. And then we have a safety margin underneath that mm-hmm. so that way we don't pop sure. circuits. And then while I'm on set, I also, so for uh, audio related things, I'm, we've kind of talked through a lot of these so far, but like AC units, HVAC units, refrigerators, um, people traffic, mm-hmm. um, fire engines, um, trying to take into account how, like the quality of the audio in the space. And really that comes down to sitting quietly in the space for a minute and just yeah. listening to everything. Um, are we going to be shooting there during a work day? And if your work day example has uh, a photocopier right around the corner and someone, there's a constant stream of people that are using it like that. I'm going to like, we're going to hear that. Mm-hmm. We can't just negate that or make it disappear. Um, so audio traffic but then uh, echo, mm-hmm. knowing how things reverberate around the room and if we can make um, consent, like uh, make consideration for those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so by putting down sound blankets or putting down dampeners or something like yeah. that. Um, and or, there's always going to be yeah. a little bit of reverb. And, yeah. and a little bit of reverb is good, but each room has its own level of reverb. If yeah. you go into a post-production suite uh, and you add, like sometimes we will add reverb to stuff. Most music you listen to has a significant amount of reverb added to it. Yeah. And those, and the reverb works in different ways and they actually have different models of sized and shaped rooms that you can add in post-production. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that we talk about very often when it comes to filmmaking, but the size and shape of the room does impart a characteristic into the audio itself. Yep. And we haven't even talked about shots yet. No. Like we like we really do take into consideration all the things we have a level of logistical control and understanding for before we even begin the creative aspect of is this just an aesthetic place to shoot in? Yeah. Um where can I put cameras? What angles can I mm-hmm. shoot at to make this look and draw the audience's eye into the frame mm-hmm. and make it an aesthetically pleasing frame to look at? Um can we get our Steadicam in there? Can we get the Steadicam in can there? Can we get our Dana Dolly in there? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we don't have to worry about very often, uh, but is is there a lot of radio frequency interference because our wireless microphones use radio frequency and we'd need to find an open channel for that to yeah, make sure that that's there's a good no note. interference. Yeah. Um, uh, our wireless video transmission transmits over the 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz band. If you work in an IT place and you've got a thousand wireless streams going uh, it could theoretically interfere with our wireless signal yep um can is it in a dense or there are we gonna have to work around concrete walls because then our focus puller is gonna have to be behind a concrete wall and then can they get a signal through that yeah so all of these things are things that we need to consider that directly impact the final image and directly impact the final audio that comes out of our production because the alternative is walking into a place that is not and there's in the history of film there's probably outside of a studio never been a location that's been perfectly ideal. Yeah. And when I go to do a location, I'm not looking for perfect ideals. I'm simply looking at what do I need to take into account for when we show up onto production mm-hmm. and what will be the same when I leave this product, this uh, scouting session for when I come back. Cause there's been some times where I'll go on the understanding that I will have control over certain things and come back and I will have lost that control. Mm-hmm. And Really, that's some communication between uh, the creative team and the production and the production team and and our point of contact um, with a business. But really understanding that when we come to or when you tell us what's available or when we come to see what's available, like there's got to be a level of consistency in the space in and of itself. And if there's not, chances are shoots can be canceled. Yeah. Shoots can end right there. For sure. Before we ever start pulling out cameras or ever start rolling around anything. 
it can end if we don't have control over some specific aspects. Yeah. And rarely that happens. That only happens if poor communication occurs. Yep. Um, if, if a client doesn't let us know those things in advance that something like that has changed, then mm. that's when a shoot is canceled. But most of the time it's about creative problem solving. Yeah. Um, so can we throw some flags up to control the light? Yeah. Can we put sound dampeners down to fix some of the audio issues? But again, it all comes back to mitigation. Like if we show up on set and those problems do present themselves, we are then changing from plan A to plan B. Mm-hmm. And usually plan B is never as good as plan A was. Um, and Have you ever been on a shoot where you've been plan A the entire time? Um, Only like twice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's all, Out of like 200 shoots. Yeah, like, there's always something that goes... Now, from a location perspective, yes, most shoots I have usually ends up with plan a Mm. in terms of location hardly ever will i show up and have to change locations Mm. Um, like you're still in the same location but just even how you adapt to the location yeah usually there's other things that that happen whether that's um certain outlets don't work and then i now have to change my lighting plan because that outlet didn't work or uh for whatever reason there's just a lot of noise with the shotgun microphone so we have to switch to a condenser or we have to switch to a lav or things like that so most of the time we're on plan a.6 or a.7 exactly before we really are like okay we need to come up with a different plan for sure but every once in a while we do have to totally pivot and the location doesn't the, that location doesn't work but usually we can find something comparable in the same building yeah. um so one other point i wanted to make about this before we move into i want to hear your thoughts on what should a client look for yeah um in their locations like when they're going through and looking for it so go ahead and be thinking about that okay. um is that the larger the production the more control that we need to have because if we're doing a smaller shoot or a lower budget shoot, we can bring in lighter, smaller cameras that take up less of a footprint or less lights or less audio. Now, some of those things are going to be constants, like it needs to be quiet. It needs to be, we need to have control over lighting. Um, but on a higher end shoot, we're going to be bringing in some equipment that takes up some serious footprint space. Like if we need a doorway dolly or if we need a Dana dolly or if we need uh, yeah, dollies, camera movement stuff is usually pretty big. So like steady cams and yeah. stuff. Um, but also if we have a bigger crew, if we need to have a DIT station, if we need to have mm-hmm. um, any of these other things. A staging area. A staging area. Any, If we need any of these other things on a larger production, more of those checkboxes have to be checked. On a smaller shoot, we can get away with some of those checkboxes not being checked. No. So if you're on the lower end, uh, it's kind of nice that it works out that way, that it's not the opposite. Because I feel like a lot of times the the less expensive shoots need the more expensive things and the more expensive shoots can work with the less expensive things yeah i know in this situation it's kind of nice that on a smaller shoot we can get away with more locations Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so let's let's focus on because on a larger shoot it, it it comes down to can we basically lock off a whole building or a whole section of a building for really a a significant and by section of a building you mean like on a small level shoot one to two rooms yeah mid-level shoot like three to five office spaces yeah. and then for like larger shoots we're, t- we're blocking off whole wings of yeah exactly sometimes. exactly yeah. okay so we've said it five times so far so we'll just kind of start from the beginning mm-hmm. to the end um audio uh-huh can i have control over ac units yeah can i have control over who's walking in and out of rooms or yeah. even in surrounding rooms um and can i control um anything about the uh anything about the space itself, like okay. a HVAC refrigerator, AC unit. Um, and can those be turned off for a long enough for period a longer of time? period of time? Right. And so then if we have to turn off the AC for a long period of time, is it going to get super toasty in there? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, so again, on audio, it's like if you, if you step into a room when you're picking a location, think about all of those things, all of the things that can impact sound. Right. Okay. So, so what's next? After so that? audio, after audio, we took a, take a look at lighting. Okay. Are there lights that we can turn off or are they, are there emergency lights? Mm-hmm. Um, if there are big windows, do they have blinds mm-hmm. or curtains or, uh, whatever that little elastic thing that you can pull down and yeah. back up to the top, whatever it's called. Um, how much control can we turn off lights? Can we throw down blinds? Uh-huh. Do we have over natural lighting and practical lights? Um, do you guys mm, have any good. lamps? Do you guys have any light bulbs, for example? Do you guys have any additional things that can be pulled into the set to make it look more appealing and pleasing? Yeah. Um, and then uh, usually moving a camera isn't so big a deal for a lower production shoot because yeah. we'll usually just lock it off on sticks or something like that. Or a small slider. Or a small slider, something like that, easy to get around with. So camera is is less of the issue there. Um, it's more so going to be, even on small shoots, we bring a pretty sizable chunk of equipment. Yes. So is there going to be enough space to store that equipment in a spa- in a, in a place where it's not going to be in anyone's way and no one can get in and yeah. mess and play around with stuff that they don't know how to play around yeah. with um so that those those are the pretty much big three mm-hmm. it's going to be small audio considerations minor light mm-hmm. control things and then just is there space enough for the crew to exist yeah. in and, and move around with and a super and practical one is that if there's a big window in the space know that that light is going to change throughout the course of the day yeah um and so if you have a shoot in a location like that be ready to knock out your your script that's a talent thing yeah for sure um, so it does impact a lot of stuff so if we're going to shoot in a room with with window light we can't be cutting a lot mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to be very obvious that the light has changed and it's going to be very obvious that we're cutting minor um, minor note yeah really minor note we try to avoid shooting towards televisions televisions that can't be turned off yes. don't look good and televisions that even are turned off are just, it's a giant black square no, that's true on the wall and it just does minor minor no that's a great point honestly i don't think about that one very often and i always have to mitigate that one on set um because either a we have to change our shutter speed or we have to um lower the brightness anyway it just never works out well yeah um no that's that's great are there any other practical things that you have people look for other than like power like is there enough power outlets uh yeah i usually look for power outlets but i bring enough extension cords and stingers to be Mm -hmm. able to place things where i need yeah, to yeah there just them. have to be not power in the building for it yeah to be a it, real it problem. has to, it, i'd have to be shooting in a warehouse yeah. or i have to pull in a generator and yeah. that we, we're shooting on larger shoots and we're shooting in warehouses Definitely. anyway so it's and we do have battery powered lights so we can just yeah use that throw those well. up and that's totally fine um yeah power ne- doesn't necessarily do much because i usually i'm not bringing a, uh-huh. a, a joker and hmi on a larger yeah. shoot anyway so it's usually just led but these stuff. are still things that we have to know before beforehand that is true that is true so um, yeah, those are pretty much the only practical things that, that I want the client to, to really think through. Um, and just, yeah, I think honestly, like I, I, I talk a lot of a minor thing in, in the, so- I talk about the social dynamic because it does impact a lot of mm-hmm. weird moments that could happen on a set. So if you're pulling in an executive and they sit down and they realize that they're not in the place that they wanted to be in, yeah. or it doesn't look, and they're just like, what was the point of doing all this if i wanted to have Mm -hmm. x y and z well i'm a little yeah he's a little laissez-faire about it now so like we try to avoid doing that by setting expectations and communicating that some places just don't work no that's great and i think that's what all of this comes back down to is communicating like overtly communicating with clients like Mm -hmm. if you're if you're a potential client of ours or if you're working with any other video company over communicate 
let them come see the location. If they don't have the budget to come see the location, um, send them pictures of it or, or talk to them about it or, or think through all of these things. And the more that you can tell them and the more that you can ask them about, the, the smoother things are going to go. Because again, most of this, we're talking about location assumptions and production assumptions. It's just a lack of communication. Yep. So. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Bryce with the Red Fox Podcast. Hope to see you guys again soon.